And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. And we are underway with our inaugural show of Bottom Line Faith. I'm uh, one of your co-hosts, Adam Ritz, along with me, Ray Hilbert. Hi, Ray. Hey, Adam. How are you doing today? I'm excited. I'm just fantastic. I'm full of energy uh, and love and electricity. Uh, The smile on your face. Unfortunately, this is radio. Our listeners can't see your face and my face, but we're ready to explode uh, with anticipation of bottom line faith getting off the ground. Uh, I'm really excited for this show, our first show, because we're going to try to uh, explain exactly what this concept is, how you came up with it, what uh, the driving force is behind Bottom Line Faith, um, I want to thank you for inviting me to be your co-host for this show. First of all, thank you very much. I'm thrilled you can do it. Happy to be partnering with you. Uh, Real quick, my background for our listeners, uh, I've worked in radio and television for about 25 years and currently host uh, several radio shows. The uh, most popular one, I guess, is a public affairs show airing nationally on Sunday mornings across the country. It covers social issues, addiction, bullying, hazing, a lot of philanthropy, benefits, foundation work. Uh, a lot of prayer, fatherhood, and uh, spirituality on the show as well. And I'm a Truth at Work member, and I guess that's important for our listeners to know that's how we met, through Truth at Work. It sure is, and uh, I'm sure we're going to take a few moments, in a few moments, and share more about Truth at Work, but that is how we've come together. And I really, uh, I, I share in that excitement. This this uh, this Bottom Line Faith Initiative, Adam, is something that's really been on the drawing board for more than two years, something we've prayed about as an organization, something our board has talked about, and to see it now coming to fruition, it is very exciting. So I guess uh, we can start with how Truth at Work uh, launched, how, how old it is, uh, where it is, what it is, because um, we're going to have some listeners, I think, that uh, maybe uh, aren't familiar with Truth at Work and uh, are familiar with what is becoming bottom line faith, and vice versa. So let's start with Truth at Work. What is it? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a, uh, a marketplace ministry. We are headquartered in Indianapolis, Indiana. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And uh, while we may be new to some of our listeners here on Bottom Line Faith, Truth at Work is not new. Uh, we actually uh, started our ministry, uh, myself and our co-founder, Matt Palin, back in 1998. And so we've been at this for quite a while. And, and so I'll just quickly share the story of my own personal background because it really serves as the foundation for how and why Truth at Work got started. So I, I graduated from college in 1988. I was a business major. I took my last final on Friday. I got married the next day on Saturday, and I went to work full-time in my first career position on Monday. In fact, we, we kind of joke and say, uh, I get asked, well, didn't you go on a honeymoon and all those sorts of things? And I says, we couldn't afford a honeymoon. We were what was known as Poe. And Poe <laughs> is when you can't afford the O-R on the back of poor. <laughs> and so I went right out into work uh, in the marketplace just a couple of days after being married. And I, and I worked for a very godly Christian man who ran a business uh, built on biblical principles. And it was a, a family-owned business. And I would go by his office quite often. I would see him on his knees in prayer. Uh, I would see him with his Bible open before a very important meeting with customers or vendors or maybe even uh, employees, and he really modeled what it was like to live out his faith in the marketplace, and it was an incredible learning opportunity. Now, two things about that. Uh, Not only was that positive in a great environment, 
however, it was a small company, so there wasn't a huge career path, you know, to, to climb from level to level to level. And his son graduated college with me, so naturally he was grooming his son for future leadership. And so as great as that environment was, after a couple of years there, I pursued an opportunity with a very large international company, thinking this would be great for a, as a young married guy to have a career path opportunity. But it didn't take me long, Adam, to realize that I wasn't in Kansas anymore, as Dorothy would say. To, to, to go from a Christ-centered company to a large, publicly traded international company, that was night and day's difference. And so going from a company with an eternal perspective, and for any of our listeners, and I, I can't say if this is everyone's experience, but my experience working in a publicly traded international company. It was all about 90-day objectives. It was all about maximizing shareholder return, keeping the Wall Street analysts happy, those sorts of things. So you think about an eternal perspective versus a short-term 90-day perspective. That's oil and water. Mm -hmm. And I won't say that I was asked to do anything illegal, but I was really taught to do some things that was certainly challenged my own value system. I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And it didn't take me long to realize that probably wasn't a long-term fit for me. And so uh, I, 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 while there, I started a, a little business on the side and started developing my own line of licensed apparel, clothing line, and so forth. And that business really took off to the point to where I could uh, leave uh, that that corporate job, if you will, and have my own company, and it really took off. And uh, at a very young age, I was having more fun than I ever thought I'd have, and making more money than I ever thought I would make. And I thought, wow, I'd really arrived, and it was going great. And you finally took a honeymoon. Uh, yes, yes, uh, uh, sweetie, I know you're listening to this, so uh, I, yes, I hadn't forgot that, but thank you for reminding me, Adam. <laughs> and then what happened was, so I had success going, and everything was fun and great, and then I had a Christian brother come up to me, and he said, Ray, you're doing well, what you need to now do is diversify, and I've got a business opportunity I want to share with you, and so he shared that with me, and it sounded interesting and exciting and intriguing. But I knew that in the book of Proverbs, over 25 times it tells you there's value in godly counsel. So I went and talked to my pastor. I went and talked to a few business people that I respected in the marketplace. And then I sought counsel from the Holy Spirit, who looks and sounds just like my wife. <laughs> Some of our guys in the audience know what I'm talking about there. And Adam, everybody told me unanimously, do not do this other business. You've got this company already. You've got your own company going well. Things are Stay focused. But you see, I had prayed about this other thing, and I felt I was supposed to do it, and I later learned what a terrible mistake that was. And so all this is leading up to what started Truth at Work. What happened in that business, it didn't take long, where I, uh, we were losing money so fast in that other company. I really didn't know what I was doing. We didn't have enough capital to keep it going. I had creditors calling me at, uh, at all hours, wanting to know when they were going to get paid. Uh, I couldn't always pay my employees on time. And it was terrible. And I was lonely. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had three guys from my local church, and we met every Thursday morning for breakfast. And we would read the Bible together, and we'd pray together, and we would challenge and encourage one another. And as I was sharing what I was going through, um, those guys, they said the right things. They said, brother, we're praying for you. Trust God. And all that was true. But none of them had ever been in business before. And so as I was sharing what I was going through, they couldn't really identify. They couldn't give me advice. They couldn't coach me. They couldn't counsel me. And most importantly, they couldn't look me in the eye and say, I understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that dark moment. And by the way, lost nearly everything financially. 
had to liquidate the profitable business so that I could pay the vendors on the other company. And uh, it was an unbelievably painful experience. But here's what I took away from that, which later led to Truth at Work. I realized how important it was for me as a Christian in business, in the marketplace, to have peers, to have people I could talk with who understood my world, who understood my challenges. So that's what we do in Truth at Work. We bring Christians in business who are in leadership, ownership, and so forth together in what we call roundtable groups on a regular basis, and we develop curriculum to help them build their companies on godly principles. But probably even as important, if not more important, we bring them together in community so that they can encourage one another, they can counsel one another, and help each other through the challenges of leading uh, and owning businesses and organizations. So that's who we are at Truth at Work. That's how kind of the background of why we got started. I, I, uh, and so I, I pulled together some business guys in uh, 1998, and we launched our roundtables. And today we have chapters across the country and hundreds and hundreds of companies involved with what we're doing. So long story, I know, but that's how we got here. And coming up on 20 years, I mean, 98, it feels... I'm old enough, uh, and I'm sure you feel this way too, to think 1998 was just last week. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but when you look at the calendar, we're coming up on a 20-year anniversary of Truth at Work. Yeah, that really is hard to believe, and uh, I, I often joke, you know, I just recently turned 50. I said I'm at that weird age where I've lost most of my hair, but I still have pimples <laughs> from time to time, right? It's just that really weird... I'm laughing because I'm right there with you. Yeah, now you've got a lot of hair, though, so, you know, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and so it, it really is hard to believe that we have been at this as long as we have, and we've seen God move mightily with business leaders across the country. And so... Uh, really, all of that led up to where we're at now, and we began to say and think, how can we help even more? Uh, we have a few hundred business owners and leaders involved in our roundtable groups, but we said, what can we do to reach thousands and thousands of Christians in the marketplace, high-capacity leaders? And that's where the idea for Bottom Line Faith came. So technology's on your side. Uh, you're a media savvy guy. I've been to several uh, conferences that you've uh, produced uh, with webcasting and other locations, and so it's just it's ripe for this sort of a, a podcast broadcast to see uh, what Bottom Line Faith can can do and where yeah. it can go from yeah. here. Yeah. So here we are on Bottom Line Faith uh, with Ray Hilbert, uh, founding CEO. Uh, what is your current status with, with Truth yeah, at Work? Yeah, so actually uh, I served as CEO of Truth at Work for about 16 years. Uh, just recently uh, we hired a, a CEO to come in in that capacity, and I've transitioned over into the kind of the co-founder role so that I can focus more on projects and initiatives like Bottom Line Faith, building high-level strategic relationships on behalf of the Ministry of Truth at Work, and really to have a CEO back running and building the organization. So my current title is co-founder. Okay. And I'm Adam Ritz, and you're listening to Bottom Line Faith. And uh, now that we have a little bit of the background of Truth at Work behind us as a foundation, let's talk about Bottom Line Faith and this show and what it's going to showcase. Bottom Line Faith really is more than just a podcast, actually. We've got a long-term vision for this, and the podcast is a part of it. Uh, we're, we're kicking off where we're going to be producing regular uh episodes of guests, high-capacity Christian leaders in the marketplace from all facets of leadership, business ownership, athletics, celebrity, 
um, perhaps higher education and so forth. But we want to kind of lift the hood, if you will, Adam, and we want to peek under the, the hood and see what makes a high-capacity Christian leader tick. How do they make decisions? How do they overcome adversity and the challenges that they face? How do they balance all the demands on their time between uh, their careers and businesses and work, uh, family, church, community leadership, and those sorts of things? We want to learn what are some of the mistakes they've made. How do they apply and integrate their faith on a daily basis? So we're really going to take a a peek under the hood at high-capacity Christian leaders. So phase one in this is, is our Bottom Line Faith podcast, and that's what our listeners are are, are listening to right now. It's a thirty minute uh, regular broadcast where we're going to have guests on a regular basis for the for the podcast. Uh, phase two of this is we're going to do video interviews where we're going to really identify some of the most high profile Christian leaders in the country, and we're going to sit down with them and video some of the same questions that we're covering in the podcast. But then those videos will become webinars. Those videos will become uh, other tools and resources that people can watch for leadership training in their companies and so on and so forth. And then the next phase is asking those leaders to come on to monthly webinars. Just imagine the opportunity for uh, to, di- to dial in and talk and interact with some of the most high-capacity, high-profile Christian business and marketplace leaders in the country and to have an opportunity to interact with them live. And so uh, the webinars are going to be a huge part of it. And then ultimately, we've got the Bottom Line Faith Project that will be coming out in the next uh, year to year and a half. And so there's a holistic strategy here to help... Um, proliferate tools and resources so that we can learn how and why high-capacity leaders tick and think. Well, from the uh, radio perspective, from working in radio uh, and seeing where radio has gone in the last few years and and trying to guess where it's going to go in the future, uh, I'm hopeful and excited that this uh, podcast that we're doing as well can end up on on terrestrial broadcast radio as a syndicated radio show. I know it will because I know the content uh, is good, and I know that there are radio entities, radio companies looking for good content. And when you're talking about uh, business leaders in the marketplace sh- sharing their faith and and advice, uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't know any radio company that wouldn't want to carry that show. Yeah, we're sure <laughs> we're sure hoping that that ends up being the case. And I've got in my mind anyway a vision that. Uh, you know, a, a business leader, a marketplace leader, they're, they're in their car and they're, they're driving to a very critical meeting or they've got something they've really been wrestling with, a big decision, a problem, a challenge, or whatever the case is. Imagine the day when they can be listening to their radio, hear a broadcast, and actually be able to call in and get godly counsel and get godly insight from our team of leaders who have been through it before to kind of get through that loneliness and that isolation. In fact, that really is where the Christian in business is today. They're, they're lonely. They're feeling like, am I the only one out here going through this? They're isolated, thinking, where do I go for help that really helps? And they're overwhelmed, thinking, how can I get all this done? And I bet if you're listening to this podcast right now, as a Christian in the marketplace, as a leader, you're feeling lonely, isolated, or and or overwhelmed. And we want you to see eventually this is a place you can tap into for help. Well, in... From your own background, I mean, I have uh, known you about a year, and I know um, as a founding uh, partner and CEO uh, at the time when I met you of Truth at Work and the business, um, the businesses that you've run and the business contacts that you have, um, it was uh, 
probably pretty humbling for you to tell me right now I, that I had known this about your past, that you had such a tough time in the mid-90s with a business that you had to, I guess, close down. Well, isn't that the that case? That makes, I, I, in a weird way, yeah. that yeah. makes me feel better about some of the problems I'm going through. Well, and that's just it. I'm, and, you know, that's really awesome to hear you say that because I find, and I think most of our listeners would agree, that the most powerful ministry that we are ever a part of comes through our own brokenness. It comes through our failures, that God takes us through maybe a broken relationship or a failed business or a financial situation, an illness, whatever the case may be, that if we will allow Him to use that, our brokenness, our failure, if you will, if that's the case, becomes our platform to help and serve and minister to others. And so it really was through that brokenness and failure that launched Truth at Work. And interestingly enough, recently I, I was sharing the story that I just shared with, with our listeners on the air here, and I had somebody raise their hand. I was in an, a large crowd speaking, and they raised their hand and said, so if you had to go through it all again, would you? And I had never really thought about that. It was a great question because I remember how dark that place was. Mm -hmm. I was lonely. I was scared, frightened, all that stuff. And he said, because if you hadn't have gone through that, you wouldn't have been inspired to start Truth at Work. And I said, you know, I've never really thought about that, but now that you've said that to me, yeah, I think I would, in, sp in spite of the personal pain, I would go through it again because now I'm getting to see on the backside of that, Adam, the blessing to hundreds and thousands of business leaders across the country. You're listening to Bottom Line Faith with Ray Hilbert. I'm Adam Ritz, and uh, the format of the show is bringing on business leaders. Um, we're going to have professional athletes, celebrities, like you said earlier, and um, Division One college coaches to talk about their faith and how it maybe drives their leadership or how they run their business or the challenges they, they've had. And we thought we'd do that right now with Ray Hilbert, uh, with your career, with your expertise, and see how uh, your faith has driven you in your, in your marketplace, I guess, with your leadership skills and how you run your business. So uh, please welcome... Ray Hilbert. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird being a guest on my own show, you're you know, the guest. but uh, you're, hey, I'm looking, you're, looking you're the, forward to this. The host and the guest, <laughs> yes. you do it all. Um, and you'll drive me home after the show. Okay, so uh, let's start with the, the hardest business decision that you ever had to make and the role that your faith played in making that decision. Yeah, and I, I, I thought about this question knowing you were going to ask it, and I think I would go back to that season in, in my own journey that I shared earlier when I realized the incredible financial burden, the incredible failure financially that this failed business had placed upon myself, my wife, and so forth, and what was at risk. Um, it was really hard to come to grips with my own failure. However, at the same time, I, I made a very strong commitment that I was not going to put my uh, creditors out to dry, that I wanted to maintain my Christian integrity, mm -hmm. that um, I found and discovered that it was much easier to share my Christian testimony with my bankers when I was actually paying them what I owed them, that it was much easier to share my Christian testimony to my employees when I actually covered on their paychecks, and they were good. So at, at personal sacrifice, Adam, personal financial pain, if you will, in one hand, it was a hardest decision. On the other hand, it wasn't so hard because I knew it was the right and wise thing to do. But the financial impact to honor all those debts was incredibly difficult to fulfill. And this is coming off uh, a young career in business where you had already had a couple Job, successful careers yeah. with two successful companies. So it's not like you um, 
hadn't tasted success. So That's that correct. might have made it even harder. Without question. It was crazy. How about the biblical principles um, within your, I guess, company, with your employees, with uh, the jobs that you've done? What kind of biblical principles have uh, you had in your heart? Yeah, you know, uh, that would be a, uh, an issue or an item that we could talk about for hours and hours. But it, knowing, again, that you were going to ask me this, I really said, okay, if I only had time to address one, what would be the preeminent, most important thing I would want to convey about biblical principles? And for me, not for anyone else, but for me, it is this principle of authenticity and transparency. And I I just can't stand to be around situations, and I don't like to be around people who want to keep the mask on and pretend like everything is great, that everything is all perfect. You know, we meet somebody on the street, how you doing? Fine. Well, it's not always fine. And so this this principle of transparency, this principle of authenticity is so critical. I can handle anything you share with me, anything you share with me, as long as it's the truth. Because if, if you're going to share with me and I'm going to engage in a relationship and in life with you, then... I'm going to take in what our discussion is, and I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to go to the Scriptures, and I'm going to look for insights and principles to maybe encourage you along the way. And frankly, don't waste my time by telling me something that wasn't true, because whatever I'm told is what I'm going to go pray about and think about. And so I can handle anything as long as it's the truth. And so I just treasure and crave authenticity. And I, and I love that in business. Sometimes that looks like telling someone, you know what? I'm not the best solution for you. Even if that's going to cost me financially, authenticity is saying, you know what? I know that I'm not the best solution. I'm not the right thing for you. So I need to live that out. So for me, you know, I just want to hone in on that one principle. It is my number one core value is authenticity. And, so, and a lot of times in my life, that's just saying, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. And be okay with that. When you're consulting these uh, business leaders, and um, sometimes they might have their guard up, uh, and if, especially if they don't know you, and they're thinking, okay, Ray Hilbert, uh, this business genius, he thinks he knows everything, and um, you're here to preach to them, and their guard's up. When you're authentic, especially with that story of the failed business, and that comes through, and now they're like, oh, this guy really does know what I'm going through. That's the authenticity you're, you're speaking of. Yeah, and I tell you, uh, and I think a lot of this comes with maturity over time. I, I wasn't always able to have this perspective. And because um, when you're young and you're trying to prove yourself and all those sorts of things, and where I really have come to grips with this, Adam, is I have to, you have to, we all have to be okay that just being a child of God is enough and that we don't have to prove anything. Uh, we don't have to, um, you know, I, I have another book that I'm working on right now. It's called The 12 Words That Will Change Your Life and Business Forever. And those 12 words are nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to lose, nothing to fear. And so it's all about living that life of authenticity. And when, once I realize I don't have anything to hide, I can live with integrity. If I realize I don't have anything to prove, that just being a child of God is enough. Mm -hmm. Just being his child is enough. I'm royalty. You're royalty. That's all I need to know. I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I'm just supposed to be my authentic self, who God's created me to be. And in some cases, I may be the man for the job. In some cases, I'm not going to be. Uh, but I think people pick up on that really quickly. So, yeah, that's what it's about to me. Nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. Lose. 
nothing to fear. Fear. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever said I'm writing a book? It's the twelve words that'll change, and then you and you reel them off, and you can't remember the tenth <laughs> <Yeah>. word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. I, I got six of them. I can yeah. write half the book. There you go. There's the six <laughs> words that can change your life. Moving along with uh, our guest and host and uh, our featured, uh, I guess, uh, interviewee on this inaugural episode of Bottom Line Faith, Ray Hilbert's talking about how faith uh, drives his business mind. Uh, The biggest mistake uh, that you've ever had or or failure that you've experienced and and what you've learned from it? Well, I've talked a lot about the one. The biggest, uh, from a business standpoint, was not listening to the godly counsel that I was given about starting that other business or becoming a partner in that other business, and it cost me dearly. So I really learned the value of godly counsel there. And another kind of funny story, just a financial mistake, and I don't know if any of our listeners uh, will be able to identify with this, and uh, I hope I don't offend anybody with this story, but my wife and I, about two years into our marriage, were on vacation. Remember, talk about that honeymoon. So mm-hmm. we finally got to take finally it about it. two years in, <laughs> and we went to, to a very warm place. I won't even say the city, okay? But uh, we got kind of, uh, let's say, influenced to go to a timeshare presentation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went there, and you know, we got all, oh, this place is beautiful, it's exciting, it's warm, it's great. Wouldn't it be great to come back here every year? And I sat through one of those really high-pressure sales presentations. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the presentation, the guy said, look, you're never going to see an opportunity like this again. You're never going to have an opportunity like this again. Until tomorrow at 10 a.m. And that's the funny part. Like, I believed him, right? I was young, I was immature. Well, we bought that presentation and that timeshare and soon came to regret it. And I was sharing that story with a mentor of mine, and he said, Ray, next time somebody says that to you, here's how you respond. Next time they tell you there'll never be a better opportunity like this again or an opportunity like this again, he said, you look him right in the eye and say, then we're both in trouble. <laughs> that's great. I'm in trouble as the buyer, and you're in trouble as the seller if, if this is the best it's ever going to get. And I've used that many times, and it's kept me from making some stupid financial decisions. I but that like was that. a huge financial mistake early on in my marriage. Did you at least get free breakfast at the uh, presentation? Yes. Okay, it, it was a little cold eggs and toast, but it, it worked out. <laughs> if you had a chance to uh, do everything all over again, uh, what would you do different in your career? Yeah, I love that question because um, doing what I've done for the last now almost 20 years, as you said earlier, I can't tell you how many times I sat across the table with from a business or marketplace leaders with s- literally tears streaming down their face because they want to pursue something that God's put on their heart, a, a ministry opportunity, another business or whatever, but they're so locked into their financial security and their um, just that whole security thing and holding on to their assets. So what I would say if I had it to do all over again, I would live my life, and I think I'm getting here now, to where I would pursue the passion and vision that God's put on my heart and to make sure that I'm making as few decisions as possible to lock myself away from being able to pursue those opportunities, to do the things that God's put on my heart, to, you know, so the importance of like avoiding debt whenever possible and those sorts of things, because lifestyle is a capturing kind of thing, right? We have to have a certain kind of car, certain kind of house, certain kind of whatever. It's the pursuit of those things, I think, that most of the time is what gets in the way of us pursuing the really big things that God's putting on our hearts. And so if I had to do it over again, I would hopefully, Adam, learn that lesson a lot earlier. 
Yeah. You could uh, hopefully someone will invent a time machine and you can go back and not buy that timeshare. <laughs> That's one um, of the mistakes. <laughs> and what we've learned here with Bottom Line Faith is th is that our major sponsor coming up will probably not be a a timeshare vacation company. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's right. But there'll never be a better opportunity for them to sponsor than now. Than right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry, inventory moving fast. Well, your experience um, as a business man, business owner, and as a Christian paramount on both ends. So what is your advice for other Christian business owners or marketplace leaders uh, living out their faith? That is an awesome question, Adam. And, and I, uh, I would say it's, it would be this, is listen for that still, small voice. Some call it gut, some call it instinct, but I really, truly believe the Holy Spirit is talking to us all the time. And, and many times, it's like in Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And when we're still is when He comes to us in that still, small voice, that quiet little voice. And, and it might be a, a prompting to uh, go give some money to somebody. It might be a prompting to ask a really potentially hard question in a conversation that may put the relationship at risk. Most of the time, when it's that little inkling, I found that that's God speaking and that I need to obey and not be so concerned with the outcome and not be so concerned if I'm going to embarrass myself. You know, take chances. Live life on the edge, if you will. As I heard once that um, the good fruit is really out on the end of the limb. Mm. Be willing to go out on the limb where it's shaky and it's scary. That's where the really good fruit is. And so that would be my advice to someone listening. Maybe there's a something that's been in your heart for a long time and, and it won't go away. That's the other thing. If it won't go away, there's a good chance God has planted that there, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if we just listen to that and pursue that still small voice, I think that uh, that would be some advice I would give. All right. Well, uh, this has been a fantastic inaugural first episode of Bottom Line Faith, the um, Twitter, Facebook, website. Let's hit those right now. Yeah, so uh, listeners can learn more, or folks can learn more about the entire Bottom Line Faith initiative at bottomlinefaith.org. BottomLineFaith.org. Uh, if you want to learn more about Ray, it's RayHilbert.com is your personal website, and your Twitter's at RayHilbert, spelled just like you think. I'm at AdamRitz.com, just like Ritz Crackers, and my Twitter is at AdamRitz. Thank you, Ray, for having me, and uh, we look forward to more episodes of Bottom Line Faith. It's been great, Adam. Can't wait to get back together. <laughs>